And welcome back, friends and family, to this Monday's Unconscious Update with me, your friend, Jake Hall. Coming fresh off of Bellator and UFC Vegas 38, here we go. Michael Venom Page wins, gets his victory, gets his revenge in not-so-convincing fashion with a split-decision victory over Douglas Lima. Prepare for the trilogy. Prepare for the trilogy. Back over to UFC Vegas 38. Santos versus Walker. Um, Alexander Hernandez back in the win column with a statement of a first-round KO. Good things. Good things, Alexander Hernandez. Christoph Jocko, split decision win over Misha Sirkunov. Don't know who gave Misha Sirkunov two rounds. Don't know who did that, but we will take what we get. Hopefully, the weight cut will pay off for Misha in the future. In the battle of the dads, Nico Price, unanimous decision win over Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Um, turn into a good one. Turn into a good one. And top story, controversy as always. Controversy as always. Uh, Kyle Dacus over Kevin Holland, knocks out Kevin Holland, then submits Kevin Holland, then the fight gets ruled, no contest. Um, that's on you, big Dan Mergliata. You fucked up. You fucked up, Dan. Uh, but not all bad news for Kevin Holland. Not all bad news for Kevin Holland. Goes on after the fight, helps apprehend would-be car thief, hero of the people. Kevin Holland, winning hearts and minds, winning hearts and minds, and saving cars. Uh, Tiago Santos, unanimous decision win over Johnny Walker. Wait, what? Hmm? What? Hmm? Dinner ready? What's going on? That's all I need to say. Uh, and then outside of the event, Aspen Ladd, Mrs. Wait, due to starting her Period. Can we get a petition, folks? Where are the feminists? Where's the petition that I can sign? Let's get a medical exemption exemption for these gals. I mean, come on. Power to the girls. Give them a break. You know? It's once a month. It's once a month. Good Lord. Uh, and that's it. That's it. That's this week's unconscious update. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Oh, God. That was a rough one. That was a rough one. I know. I know. Trust me. I hear it, too. I hear it, too. I'm here. Uh, I, 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 I understand. You can't all be winners, you know? I'm trying my best here. I'm running off of fumes, guys. I'm running off of fumes today. Uh, holy crap. Where did, we, where did we leave off? What should we get into first? Um, let's just do the Aspen Lad one. That's kind of fun. Uh, I thought this one was interesting. This crops up every once in a while um, when uh, when one of the female fighters kind of struggles missing weight. Uh, and I ran this by I ran this by the old lady, you know, my wife, a seasoned menstruator, uh, and and she gets herself all riled up about this kind of shit. Um, but it was pretty interesting. Aspen Ladd, if you paid attention, she was supposed to be on this last week's UFC Vegas 38. And uh, missed weight by a couple pounds. I think she was. I think it that ended up being like maybe two two pounds overweight. Um, and, and and she came out to say that she she started her period two days before. And if you know anything about female biology, they struggle. They struggle. Period. 
uh, pun intended, but they also struggle to get rid of that water weight, man. They start their period, they hold on to all their water, and it's been, uh, it's been a topic in the MMA world before, previously. This is not the first time it's getting brought up. I think, I think some bigger characters have struggled with it, namely like Ronda Rousey um, and, and a couple other characters. Uh, and it's always an interesting topic because you really do wonder, you know, like I'm trying to be understanding, you know, these gals, this, it's, it's, it's a struggle, you know, and you wonder like, man, it's like, is that not a good enough excuse? Like, should they not get an extra allowance? Like, you know, if they can prove to a doctor that they're menstruating, um, I don't know. I don't know what to do about it, but it is a squirrely topic. Um, and obviously it's gross. It's a gross topic. Most of the people watching this sport are men and we don't really want to talk about it. You know, let's be honest here. It's gross. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, it, it does seem understanding that like some allowance should be made or something, you know, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I'm not the one who's going to solve the problem. I'm a dumb, dumb. Okay. Uh, and I don't know anything about periods. You know, I tried to avoid that at all costs around my house. But aside from that, it was pretty interesting because you would think, you would think that it would be pretty uh, uh, unanimous around the women's MMA community that they would kind of understand that predicament, but not the case. Misha Tate comes out and calls bullshit Aspen Lad. She called it an excuse. She did not like what she saw at the weigh-in, um, saw lots of antics going on, but, I, you know... It's hard to put any weight, any any uh, credence into that, I guess, um, if that's the right word. Um, I'm not quite sure what credence means, but uh, you see Aspen Lad weighing in, and she's doing all the tricks to try to make weight. I mean, she's stripped down naked behind towels, um, and, and she's crossing her legs, she's raising her hands, uh, and you start, you know, she's trying to play the scale to to be as light as possible, um, which happens just no matter what when people are struggling weight. So that's why I don't, you know, put too much into that. Uh, but Misha Tate kind of was saying like that she was she was cheat doing all she could to cheat, and when she was raising her hand, she was only raising one hand, kind of as a distraction, so that she could potentially grab onto that towel and pull a DC, um, and and relieve a few ounces off the scale, um, you know. But like like I said, I mean everyone does that if they're struggling with weight, so it's not like I I'm gonna sit here and call Aspen Lad a cheater. Um, or, or anything like that. But it was pretty interesting that, you know, Misha Tate was calling bullshit um, and, and that there was a little bit of, you know, controversy around that. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what needs to be done with it. But every time that gets brought up, it just seems like a squirrely situation that, you know, it, it is fairly rare. Um, it doesn't always happen all the time. But uh, and it just gets overlooked. It gets overlooked. Who knows if it's ever going to be solved? I doubt there's going to be a big, uh, you know, um, female movement to get some kind of exemption for uh for girls on their period but you know i don't know this is just random shit that i'm thinking about okay um take it or leave it uh back to the fights man uh let's just stay right on the the top topics we'll get into the the nonsense later the nitty-gritty but kevin holland where do we begin uh this is a fun one man this is a real fun one especially for MMA nerds, MMA hardcores like me. Um, in my honest opinion, I feel like it's Big Dan's fault. It comes down to Big Dan in the end. Uh, but everybody talking, and it is a very interesting kind of topic about what the rules really kind of dictate. Because as it played out, 
as the rules are kind of stated, whose authority it is to make these calls, it really was technically the right call. I'm not mad. I don't. I see the logic where it's coming from from the referee's perspective. Um, I see the logic. I, I, I understand why they made that call. But it's one of those just there's not much to do about it. Uh, it kind of has to be called that way, which is why it was called. And I do agree with that. But it doesn't match up with the reality of the situation. I mean, it's just such a rare situation that that's what's going to happen, and we all kind of have to live with it. Um, but what it comes down to is the illegal shot, the illegal blow. Whenever uh, there's an illegal move, in this case a headbutt, there's two circumstances that are the most important. It was either intentional or it was unintentional. And then you got two options that come off of that. If it was intentional and the guy's knocked out, then you get disqualified. The guy who gets knocked out, he wins, right? He wins by disqualification. So if you headbutt him intentionally, he gets knocked out, it's DQ. If you headbutt him intentionally and he doesn't get knocked out, then you're going to get points taken away. You just did an illegal move. That's against the rules. Minus one point. And most of the time, they're just going to give him a warning, which whole nother conversation. But those are the two things that happen when you intentionally headbutt somebody. It results in a knockout. It doesn't result in a knockout. And they're the referee will determine what to do in that circumstance. On the other side of the coin, we have an unintentional headbutt. If you unintentionally headbutt somebody and it doesn't knock them out, then you're just going to get a warning. Hey, you just did uh, an illegal blow. Watch it. If you do it again, I'm going to consider it intentional. I'm going to take a point away. That's what the ref's job's there to do. Warn him because he just did an illegal blow. Now, if it's unintentional and he does knock him out, here's where we're getting into the actual what happened. If he if you if he unintentionally headbutted him and he knocked him out, if Kevin Holland didn't come out, he just face planted and he was out, it would be ruled a no contest. So those are the four scenarios that are happening, whether it's intentional or not intentional. And, and and in this case, they determined that essentially he was finished with the headbutt. And this is where I think it's Big Dan's fault because it's his job to step in when an illegal blow has occurred. And he didn't. He didn't. He jumped in there and goes, oh, he's fighting back. Doesn't matter, Big Dan. Doesn't matter if he's fighting back. You're supposed to stop. He should have stopped Kyle Dawkins and been like, hey, you don't get to pounce on this opportunity because an illegal blow occurred. He should have got, he should have stopped the action, should have gotten him up, made sure he was okay, determined if he could continue. Blotty, blotty, blah. But he did it. He fucked up. Okay. And they let it go on. And because Kyle Dawkins ultimately got the submission. At the end of that sequence, if Kevin Holland was able to recover at all and regain some kind of a neutral position, that would have been the end of the sequence, and then the fight would have continued, and if he would have got a choke after they broke apart, then it would have been a win or whatever. But we're getting into the nitty-gritty, okay? Uh, but it's just it's crazy because the fact that Big Dan did let it continue, and through that single sequence where he was fighting back and he was able to take his back and choke him out. 
Um, and the fact that he tapped, you know, they determined like it was all based off of that knockdown. And so they called a no contest as if he got, they were just saying he got finished from the illegal headbutt. He didn't get knocked out, but he, he, the finish came from the illegal headbutt. So there's some weird mental gymnastics going on there to determine that. And I see the logical ladder that they had to kind of create and, and, and climb through in order to get that decision. And it does make sense. But in the reality of the situation, this is where the controversy comes in, is that in the reality, that's not, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really match up. You know, he got dropped. He was able to recover. He started fighting back and, you know, fighting mostly off of instincts. He wasn't throwing up triangles. He was just rolling to his back, trying to grab something, retain some kind of guard, defend, fighting mostly off of instincts. He got his back taken. He was fighting the hands, and he consciously submitted. Um, it should, in reality, like what we see, it's a win for Kyle Dawkins. We all know that. Kevin Holland knows that. He talked about it after the fight. You know, he got knocked out and choked out in one fight, you know. It's just kind of an unfortunate event. Um, and, and maybe there's some saving grace in that it's a, a, a no contest. Um, and who knows what will happen. I mean, obviously Kevin Holland is going to want to scream for a rematch and get a more definitive answer, you know, kind of get that back. Um, Kyle Dawkins might be up for that, but in a lot of cases – if you're in Kyle Dawkins' position, you know, he won the fight in reality, what we all know and kind of see and believe, and you just want to take the win and move on. Like, why go back in there? And, I mean, Kevin Hollins is as dangerous as it comes, as dangerous as it comes. Um, and and you and he, he was fortunate that he was able to go in there and that happened kind of in his favor over a dangerous dude like Kevin Holland. So, take it and move on. And so he's most likely going to kind of take that approach right now. He'll play around with the idea of like, yeah, I'll, I'll think about rematching him, but I can almost guarantee not going to happen. At least he's not going to, he's not going to maintain his enthusiasm for a rematch. He's going to want to move on to bigger and better things and just take that W. And it's unfortunate for Kevin Holland, man. I mean, he's, you know, he had such, such hype coming out of 2020. So active, so hot. Uh, and then just kind of fell on some hard times once some of his uh, skill set got exposed by a little more elite fighters. Um, and so he's kind of having to navigate through that, build on his skill set, knowing that he got exposed, you know, looking to come out and display. And he was. He was, he was kind of he was doing better in the grappling exchanges up against the fence. Uh, he was able to stuff uh, some takedown attempts, and you even saw him kind of getting back to talking, and he was, you know, he was hearing D.C. talk and was talking to him you know, doing his normal antics. So it was exciting to kind of see, you know, that was the question as he kind of filled those gaps in his game um, and something like this just kind of unfortunate happened. So for having all the momentum in the world, it's like he's struggling hard to regain it back. But I don't I mean, obviously he's nowhere near done. He's still very relevant, um, still an exciting fighter. Um, and he'll recover from this. Most people, I mean, what are you, you're going to blame him? You're going to, you're going to not like him because of something like that? No. He's just going to get right back in there, but you got to get back on the train. You know, we got to get back. We got to get this train back on the tracks because it is sitting right off the tracks right now, just leaking oil. Um, so we got to patch that shit up and get back on the tracks. Uh, what else? What else happened? Uh, Christoph Jocko over Misha Sharkunov. Good fight. I love Christoph Jocko. Super skilled guy. 
uh, came in, you know, fighting the bigger guy in Misha Sharkunov, who was dropping down from light heavyweight. Um, you know, I gave Jocko two rounds. To, I gave him, I think I gave him the second. I, I, I wasn't, the first round was close. You could do either one. I don't care. Whoever won the first round was close. It was competitive. And then I thought Jocko clearly won the second and the third. So you either give him two rounds or three. Either way, he wins. Um, some judge gave Misha two rounds, which I don't understand uh, really how they did that. Um, and they ended up getting a split decision. But, you know, fun fight. You know, and this is, you know, it's kind of – Misha's super skilled, and, and he, he had just kind of been – not getting the consistent results that he wanted at light heavyweight, so he made the drop down to middleweight. Um, looked shredded, looked looked good, didn't look like he was gassing out. I mean, looks still looked strong, um, still looked pretty good. But you know, I'm usually in the camp that for a lot of guys, especially like Misha, who's usually in shape at 205, was competitive there. It's like the weight cut usually isn't the answer to those problems. You know, it's just it's usually not the answer. So who knows who knows what's going to happen with that? It was a pretty good fight. Um, the Nico Price over Cowboy Oliveira, it started heating up there at the end. I think at the you know the the, the latter half of the fight was really what we were hoping to get from the get go. Um, but man, it's just you know it's exciting. I think Nico Price is a fun character. I talked about it last week leading up to the fight, and he um, uh, you know went out and, and proved that he's still an entertaining, fun uh, fun guy. You know, dangerous everywhere. You know, Cowboy Oliveira was you know giving it his all and, and super skilled, veteran of the sport. Um, fun fun fight and. I mean, Nico, as long as he can, you know, keep his train on the tracks, I mean, he's got nothing but bigger and badder fights coming his way. Um, and, and who knows what's next. I mean, he's calling out the Diaz, but he's looking for, like, kind of a name, money kind of fight. Um, who knows if that'll happen. I, I highly doubt that'll happen. Um, but we'll see, you know. You never know. You never know. The way these things work, if, if, you're, if you're calling people out and, you know, at the right time and the right place, like, crazier things have happened. So... Um, Alexander Hernandez with his first round KO over Mike Breeden. Super impressive. Super impressive. Uh, I mean, Alex, Alexander Hernandez is, is one of those guys, all the talent in the world, you know, and he's still young. It's, you just got to put it together. You know, he got derailed hard by Cowboy whenever he was really kind of coming in, kind of a new name. They were marketing him pretty heavily. Um, I think he, he might have been undefeated at that point, and then he got dealt with. You know, Cowboy freaking dealt with his ass. Um, and, and since then, he's kind of been trying to put it together. I think he might have changed camps or something. But he really seems to set, being settling in on his own. Uh, came out, looked sharp, looked aggressive. Uh, just kind of commanded that entire fight and just put a stamp on it. Came in and pretty much steamrolled Mike Breeden. Nothing against him. Uh, but, man, super impressive win over Alexander Hernandez. Man, if he can put it together, you know, he, he's got all the talent in the world. To, to, to get up there into title contention and, and be one of the best for sure. So really impressed with that. Hopefully he can keep that, keep that trainer rolling. And then the main event, Santos versus Walker. Uh, you know, they can't all be barn burners, folks. You know, they can't all be barn burners. Um, and, and, and who knows what's going to happen with either of these guys. It's tough. It's tough for Johnny Walker. You know, when, when, you know, he made his, he made that change over to, uh, to John Kavanaugh's camp over in Ireland and, you know, but when you're, when you're coming out, you know, saying I'm going to take over and you're trying to kind of mimic Conor McGregor's whole mystique and you're trying to be a two division champion, but you come out and it's pretty tentative and, and kind of a boring fight. I mean, I'm not saying go throw caution to the wind against Thiago Santos. That would be a mistake. That would be a mistake. Um, but man, it doesn't do much for, 
you know, your brand, I guess, whenever that's how you're talking. And those are the kind of results, but you know, I mean, overall it was just a, it's, it's tough. You put these two guys that are strikers at heart, big, powerful guys, you know, just feeling each other out, feeling each other out and just can never really find that, find that space to make, you know, implement their game, you know, and it turns into in all honesty, a boring fight. Uh, but, but overall I wasn't too bad. I wasn't, I wasn't like furious at the fight. And I, you know, I do believe, you know, Tiago Santos was able to command the, the octagon enough, um, land a few, uh, get a, the, the better of a few exchanges and land some big shots on Johnny Walker. Um, and I think it was the right call that, that he got the unanimous decision win, but we'll see. He's getting older. You know, I talked about last week, I think his, his knees are fairly compromised. You know, he doesn't move as, as uh he's not as elusive or 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 quick as he seemed to used to be um but as long as he can keep his knees healthy you know and the, and the age is a thing but as we all know power is the last thing to go and tiago santos one of the most powerful guys in the ufc uh so we'll see what happens with both those guys um you know i mean i, I know they start talking with ratchet but we got anthony smith there's a lot of fun stuff man happening in the light heavyweight division and we obviously got the uh the the jan blahovich and uh Glover to share a fight coming up. So I think that's all we're going to do this week. Short and sweet, 20 minutes. Uh, you know, tell your friends. I'll talk to you next week or later this week. Bye.